JMV here with Brian Kahn from Floors to Your Home. Fans, if you're shopping for flooring of any kind, you need to check these guys out. You're going to have the most incredible, totally hassle-free shopping experience ever. JMV, we really appreciate you saying that. That's our goal every day, to offer our customers a quick, easy, and hassle-free experience at all of our Floors to Your Home locations. Fans, it works like this. You see the product you like. It's going to be cheaper than anywhere else. That's for sure. Then you can immediately take it home with you or have it installed. That's right. No hassle, no special order. Just see it, buy it, and take it home, or have it installed. Like three rooms of hardwood, laminate, or waterproof flooring starting at just 349 and they have everything in stock. I'm doing my whole house, and believe me, this is the best shopping experience you'll ever have. Three convenient locations, Avon, Noblesville, and Brookville Road. Who gives the quickest, easiest, and most hassle-free buying experience? Floors to your home. That's who. What in the hell do you think you are doing? Hey, John Boy. I'm telling you straight, it's my way or the highway. So anybody wants to walk, do it now. Hey, everybody, we're all going to get laid. And again, it's picked up. It's Darius Leonard. A pick six for the Maniac. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. Yes, sir. Yeah. Oh, oh, the Dickens. Double time. Miles Turner. Yeah. John, I have never been better to be on the air with you here in Indianapolis, a place where so many of my dreams have come true. The Ride with JMV on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Man, it feels really weird being in studio today. Normally on a Friday, it's a Bud Light Blue Friday. We are out handing out tickets, having a good time on location with you. And uh, during a bye week, during a bye week, we are in studio today. Had a great time, by the way, yesterday. I mean, incredible time up at... At Taylor's Bar and Table in Ingalls, Indiana. Saw a lot of you out there. It was great to see you, hang out with you. Brent Halverson, betting analyst, Heaven Hill Distillery. The samples were flowing, and you guys tripped the light fantastic on Bob Nunez, the president of Wind Shoelers. Shout out to you guys inside the lounge via YouTube Live. The sponsor is brought to you by Wind Shoelers Spreadable Cheese. Outstanding day it was yesterday. Incredible. It's weird, right? It's weird because we're not doing our normal Friday, and it's weird when the Colts have a bye week, but there is something to be said about it. And that something is you get to sit back and relax, and especially with the way, for example, you've got the Pacers schedule, not playing until late in the afternoon on Sunday against the Magic here. So you've got a lot of time just kind of sit back, relax, and watch other things. Now, granted, last night, IU fans were going to watch IU and Wright State. And you did. IU gets a win. They prep for UConn, defending national champion. That's coming up on uh, Sunday afternoon at 1 o'clock. Obviously, got some football coming up tomorrow. We'll talk about that with Don Fisher coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. Really both. Per usual. But... You do get a chance to sit back and in terms of the NFL, just watch what else goes on. And it's a lot better. Five and five, and it could be better. It should be better. 
Let's just face it. Even with a backup quarterback, this team has blown games in which it should have won. And I'm just not on the side of all of you that are cool with losing and the aesthetics of losing and it's fun and entertaining. I don't care where you are. I want to see you win. And really, I want to see you win in the midst of a so-called rebuild because that can galvanize everybody. And there's just something different about that. There's something different about winning at that time when people don't expect it. I mean, let's face it with the Colts in the past how many years? We have heard all the talk, all of the talk about what they're going to do, about what is coming, what you should expect, and how much of that has been delivered. How much of the walk have we seen? Zero. So to me, I think it's great in a season in which, well, one, you don't get the opportunity to see your rookie quarterback evolve, grow, mature, whatever. But again, as I say, while you're here, you might as well just win, especially if the schedule can help dictate that. Man, let's face it, the Colts' schedule, and, and granted, I understand, this is exactly what other teams are saying, or I should say what other teams' fans are saying about their favorite team's schedule that has the Colts on it. Like, when I sit here right now, well, you got Tampa Bay coming in and blah, 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 you know, and, and really kind of describe it as feeling as if you have more than a puncher's chance. As we've seen in the last two games, incredibly winnable because the teams just aren't any good. I mean, hell, even when you go to Germany and score 10 points, you can still win because the team you're playing sucks so bad. Now, granted, other fan bases are saying a lot of the same. But again, there is something to be said about winning games and being in a spot in which nobody predicted at the beginning of the season. I'm not suggesting the Colts are there right now, but they have an opportunity. An opportunity at 5-5, five and five, and then coming off the bye week, you get Tampa Bay back in here. And then when you look further down the schedule... These are eyeballing these games winnable. Now, Tennessee, winnable. Now you look December the 10th. So you got to sit home last night with your favorite team around here, Colts fans, in a bye week. And you were hoping that Cincinnati would lose. Uh, Cincinnati, you thought they were going to get back on track, and obviously... Uh, now, for sure, that's not going to happen. And if you haven't heard the news, Joe Burrow was done for the season. Now, Joe Burrow with the wrist injury and a lot was made about whether or not they correctly or at all identified a situation on the injury report. So a lot of that was talked about last night. And today we found out that according to his team, the Bengals, he is done for the season. So now... You look at that differently. You got Tampa Bay at Tennessee and at Cincinnati. I'm not suggesting any of these will be easy marks because the Colts aren't very good. The Colts are good enough to be in the conversation. The Colts are good enough with a backup quarterback that has not looked good whatsoever other than not turning over the football. 
but just in terms of doing what you would like to see him do just occasionally, which is getting down the field, uh, he has not been that. But you get a week off, and you get Tampa at Tennessee, at Cincinnati, Pittsburgh here, the Falcons, Vegas, and then to me, if you look on this schedule right now, and you know maybe I'm looking at the wrong spot, maybe Pittsburgh is the best team, but would you suggest, depending upon what is being played for in that final week of the season, the way that the quarterback is playing as a rookie in Houston, the Texans, right now, as you look at it in this momentary window, the Texans not the best team out there right now remaining on this cold schedule. The Texans. So these are winnable, and this is something else that I've asked. Eyeballing winnable games and then staying relevant in terms of competition and having an opportunity. As I mentioned to you before, the last thing I wanted to have to do was start talking about the offseason. Now, granted, sometimes when you're in a bye week, you kind of lean that direction anyway. We try our damnedest not to. And it was really weird because, you know, in a bye week, normally, especially if it comes after the start of the NBA season, you can really get in on the Pacers. And then you go back after that win over Philly, and the Pacers have had a lot of off time. And we wait on that until Sunday. But I'm assuming these last couple of weeks and this bye week has been very nice. Granted, I think you all understand. Maybe you don't. And if you don't, I will help you. I think you all should understand the limitations of this team because they have them. But to remain relevant and interesting and in the conversation as we get to the end of November and into December, that's what I was hoping for. That's what I was hoping for. I didn't think you were going to get that because to do that, you're going to have to bust the Vegas over at the start of the season of six and a half. I didn't think they were going to do it, but they find themselves with this opportunity. And man, would it not be great if they were able to take advantage of this opportunity. And then the news that I explained to you a little bit earlier, coming down this afternoon, quarterback Joe Burrow out for the season due to the right wrist injury suffered last night in Baltimore. Torn ligament, likely requiring surgery. I mean, those last night that weren't talking about Clarissa Thompson and what she said in an interview about faking sideline interviews, who, whoever wasn't griping about that and forming a back-and-forth opinion and then griping and yelling at other people about that, if you weren't involved in that, you were involved with this whole Burrow thing. Whether it was, oh, what about the injury report? Or, all right, what's going to happen here? Because in the not-so-distant future, coming up in December, the Colts are going to be on the road, and the Colts are going to be on the road against Cincinnati on the 10th of December. And again, maybe the Colts prove to us once they get back on the field after the bye week next Sunday against Tampa Bay here that they're not worthy of the conversation. And I know that had they taken care of some business, for example, against the Rams, taking care of some business against the Browns, there are some games 
that so unfortunately you can go back and look at and go, ah, now why not that? Rams in overtime, the Cleveland game. You know, I kind of wanted to factor in New Orleans. I think that was just more disappointing than anything else. And it makes you wonder, too, does it not? They've won, for the most part, because of their defense here recently. Now, they played really bad offensive teams, but that's why they've won the last two. It makes you think, you know, what could have been done if you would have just protected the ball a little bit? You know, against the Saints. You know, I make light of how the game was called late against the Browns back on October the 22nd. But you still surrender 39 to the Browns. And it was still, you had discombobulated moments, shall we say. And the Rams, the same thing. I think the big point coming out of the Rams game was how you handled a clearly injured quarterback in Matthew Stafford. You know, without really any pressure whatsoever and not trying to find some and then obviously getting beat down the field. I mean, you know how that ended. Yeah, but consider that. I would ask you to put that to the side, however, and think about 5-5 five and five right now and what they can do with the remainder of this schedule. And that is the point that I'm making. Having a bye week where you can kind of sit back, relax, and not worry too much about it, that is a big deal. No, you're not out there cheering for somebody to be injured. Hopefully you're not. I would assume you're not. Maybe some of you are. I'm not sure. But that Burrow injury in a game where most thought that was going to be the absolute toughest. Now you're thinking about that entirely on a different level. If you're able to maintain at five, that's what five and five will do. Just keep it interesting. Think about this for a moment, too. So you got Joe Burrow, I believe the quarterbacks that are done for the season. You know, obviously Aaron Rodgers on what, the fourth or fifth play of the season. Yeah, Daniel Jones of the Giants. Now, this past week, Deshaun Watson with the Browns, with that shoulder injury. Who else? Kirk Cousins with the Vikings on the list. And uh, yeah, obviously, Anthony Richardson here. What an absolute, incredible, an incredibly injury-riddled, ridiculous season we have. But here we are. Here we are with an opportunity for you to kind of soak this up a little bit and uh, see if this team can hold anything down for you. See what they can do. Yeah, not quite sure, but they are there. And the schedule has become, you would think, a little bit more convenient. But as I remind you, other teams look at the Colts exactly how a lot of you would look at the remainder of the teams on the Colts schedule. And that part is incredibly true. So we can hit that at 239-1070 if you so desire regarding Burrow's injury last night moving forward. Everybody's outraged regarding Clarissa Thompson. I, I, You get caught up in a situation, right, where you're trying to be cool and, and you're, you're being interviewed and you think and you feel you need to be edgy. And I like a fun-loving, edgy interview 
I just don't know where I would say, well, you know what? I'm faking these. Because even if you're not looking at it with everybody else in mind, everybody else that does this, and you're probably not, you're just kind of looking looking at it through your own your own bubble. And you're wanting to be a little bit edgy. You're wanting to be a little bit funny. You're wanting to get an oh, wow by a group. And this is a group, they're able to be edgy. They are able to do things. Like there are things that I would love to do here. But FCC rules do not permit me to do it. Now, sometimes you'll say, well, you do do it. Eh, not as bad or not to the level that others do. And here's what's weird. I've said this before. When I had the old school satellite dish and I got the wild feeds and, you know, guys were, you know, cussing during the breaks and stuff. And I always thought I would come up. I could come up with these these team broadcasts to where you were allowed to say whatever you want and cuss and how entertaining that would be. Well, that's kind of what Barstool has turned into. And it's good for them, and it's good for their audience. The one thing that I could not get used to is, like, I saw this with Fox 59, and I sent that back out on X earlier this week. And it is, the state of Indiana really likes to cuss. Really likes to use cuss words. And I stand before you guilty as charged because I like to as well, but I do use them and they're situational. They're situational. There are situations where I don't, but there are also situations to where they allow you to let off a little bit of steam. Now, I'm an incredible parental hypocrite because I don't allow my kids to say anything, nothing. I mean, nothing. And when I was their age, I'm like a sailor. But I don't let it around. Nope. What do you think you're doing? Nope. Because I'm still kind of the dad. It's weird. See, that's where I'm so hypocritical. Like, I play the John Walton, Charles Ingalls role around them. And then I know when I was back at their age, I was all over the place. I'm just glad there's not a photographic or a video history of all the things I did that compared to what I won't allow them to do is ridiculous. Like stuff, we're talking about a different era here. Stuff where now you would go to jail for doing stuff like that. I I can't even, I can't even come to a significant conclusion as to how many forms of what I called fun would have sent me and my friends to jail. Like that, it just—it's a change in a world in an era, and that's what it is too, in terms of broadcasting. You just get into situations like my kids, or like me—I'm I'm a situational cusser. But it would feel weird to me to sit on here and be able to, you know, f bomb, f bomb, f bomb. That would feel really weird. It'd feel like I'm just doing it for the sake of doing it. The greatest all-time comedian to me is the late Richard Pryor. And Richard Pryor, he cussed a lot. But I always thought whenever he cussed, he made whatever's going on in his joke profoundly more funny. Now, some can't hold that up. Really, many can't hold that up. And they realize that. But there are just some things you don't really want to let people behind the curtain and even if you think you're in a an incredibly open environment and you're safe and you're okay 
We all know this. In the world in which we live right now, you are not safe. You are not okay. And no matter who you are, there's going to be somebody out there that you have never heard of that maybe hasn't even heard of you until now that for some reason is going to be out to get you. And then you just open yourself up for that ridiculously. And then you come back with a response, I think a little bit earlier today, saying that you lied about well, making up report. I mean, just, yeah, you just got to be smarter than that. I've said this before, too. I don't come across as jumping on a soapbox and telling everybody how to do their gig because I've screwed up majorly twice, like majorly. Yeah, think about me sitting cross-armed all by myself on Radio Row because nobody on ESPN was allowed to come by because what I had written and said or whatever about Schefter. So I've been down that path before, and I've gotten my boss's calls, and then they you know, come at me, and they don't want to have to clean up my messes, and I completely understand that. It is just one thing to be funny, to be loose. I think that'd be a great environment to be a part of. I don't think I could live in it because it would just become way too familiar, right? I think it'd be tough to be living in. But, yeah, to say that about your career and your trade, and then it's not like anybody, none of our contemporaries on the sideline at all came to her defense. I mean, nobody. So, yeah, that is problematic and should have, and I'm assuming now in hindsight, would have been handled completely different. You still got to be guarded. You still got to be guarded. You know what you're saying? Well, well, there are some out there, maybe Pat, for example, doesn't. But, yeah, I mean, you do. You do. Because, again, you've got Still a legion of folks out there, even the ones that don't even know you. I'm not even talking about the ones that hate me. A legion of folks out there that are ready to get you. I'm sure you as parents have probably had this conversation with your kids regarding social media. Man, it is so important not to put yourself out there. Remember when Crash Davis was talking to himself at the plate in Bull Durham? Uh, about the pitches and, you know, thinking about Susan Sarandon and the pitcher and all this. And he said, don't let him in your kitchen. I always tell that to Blake and Landy. I said, you can't let anybody in your kitchen on this. It's just, a, again, a different era. I mean, you have so many you know, different opportunities at information and interaction the world is so much smaller right now that that doesn't necessarily mean for a lot of things it's a good thing. So you can do things right now that will damage your reputation forever. So don't let them get in your kitchen. And it sounds like Clarissa Thompson, I didn't listen to the entirety of the interview, but it sounds like that she let that situation kind of get in her kitchen a little bit. And now, unfortunately, after that, you invite the entirety of the social media world in there. That's incredibly problematic. And that's coming from somebody that's been burned before. No, I take that back because I got to own it. Somebody that's burned themselves before. That was me. So I fully understand it. 
Pacers back in action coming up on Sunday. IU basketball last night. Three-pointers still not there. I will say this. Uh, Where and Renew, I do like watching them play. You expect more defensively. They absolutely need more from the three. You hated to see Xavier Johnson be injured. And you kind of wonder what's coming with UConn on Sunday, and you wonder offensively what they're going to be able to do, whether you're living in the now and have watched and wondered, for example, against a team like Army or a team last night that's leading scorer sat out but hung in there. You kind of wonder here, early season-wise, against a team like UConn, what is to come. Like Somebody asked me that, hey, I'm going to wait until January, and if this team still looks mostly discombobulated, if you're going to give up 80 to a team without its leading score and then still be discombobulated at times offensively, and I, and I mean to a point where the problem with shooting threes, and all of you say you've got to shoot a higher volume, you've got to make a higher volume. And the problem with that is they do not look like they have not just the guys to do it, but not anywhere near the guys to do it. And I don't know in this era of basketball and how it's played and how you win games if that is going to be functional in November or any more functional coming up in January. We'll talk about that with Don Fisher coming up a little bit later on. Also, IU football with Don in the 5 o'clock hour. Mike Wells of ESPN Radio is back today in the 4 o'clock hour. Bob Lovell, because we have a big night. I know the weather is on the decline today, but wherever you're going, whatever you're doing, a big night around the state of Indiana for football semi-states. We will run a rough shot through that with Bob Lovell of Indiana Sports Talk coming up on the other side. Meantime, 239-1070 is the number if you guys want to jump on board. You certainly can regarding the takes on the Colts, the Pacers, IU Hoop, leaving yourself kind of flapping in the wind in something that you created, which is not good. And again, it doesn't necessarily have to be what I'm doing. It can also be what you're doing. There are relatables here, certainly. Uh, we can do that. Inside the Winshuler Spreadable Cheese Lounge via YouTube Live, you can participate. You can listen. You can watch, again, the Winshuler Spreadable Cheeses Lounge. That's uh, YouTube Live. The stream, the app, HD radio, and a big Friday coming straight at you. And a semi-state Friday night to discuss with Bob Lovell on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Next. The Ride with JMV. And you can tell Rolling Stone magazine that my last words were, I'm on drugs. <laughs> and 107.5, The Fan. No, what a great time yesterday. Taylor's Bar and Table with all of you up in Ingalls, Indiana. I think, what did uh, Clinton call it yesterday? Fisher's Overflow, I think. Fisher's Overflow. (laughs) That's awesome, though. It was a great time. And for those of you that showed up, and hung around for the while. Thank you very much. It was outstanding. And we'll be back there very soon. In fact, I think, I think, we, yeah, we are going to the Nora Taylor's location at the end of December. Now, I didn't say this too much yesterday, but they, between both Brent Halverson and Romy, 
they have figured out some of our tavern tour stop destinations. Did you guys figure out where I'm going? It is a far south side bar and grill institution for a long time on US 31. That is one location. And then we're going to go back to a place that started it all and was absolutely packed. And that place is known for the best cheeseburgers in the state of Indiana. A couple of guesses for you right there. Meantime, Andy Moore, Automotive Group Hotline, each and every Friday, brought to you by our 14 Central Indiana. Joe Childers Run, CarX locations, CarX.com to maintain fall road readiness as the temperatures begin to fall. Bob Lovell's ready for action tonight. Tomorrow night, Indiana Sports Talk with semi-states abounding across the state of Indiana in football. Good afternoon, Bob. Hey, John. How are you? Are you ready to go tonight? Are you geared up? Absolutely, brother. Yeah. Ready to go. Are you kidding me? You win and you're in? That kind of that, that kind of a Friday night? That's pretty special stuff, to be honest. I want to start in 6A because I don't know a great deal. They're up there in the armpit in the region, but they're 12-0, and and I think that does speak for itself here. And they squeezed by in the regional last week on the road at Penn 34 to 33. But other than that, not a lot of close affairs this season for Crown Point. How do they match up with the Rocks up in the region tonight, Bob? I think it'll be a great, a great matchup, to be honest, John. Uh, Crown Point has played a, a really difficult schedule, as has Westfield. I mean, there are a lot of similarities. Number one, the coaches on both sides are tremendous. You're talking about Hall of Fame coaches. Uh, Craig Duzea uh, has had a great success. He's just been at Crown Point for three years uh, after leaving Indiana, coaching up in the Chicago area, and then coming back uh, for a reason because the tradition at Crown Point's unbelievable. Uh, defensively, they've been hard to score against, except you know, for last week, but they've been a really solid, solid program all year long. Westfield. The job that Jake uh, Gilbert has done, I mean, John, they, they just keep winning. They graduate people, and they keep winning at, at a high, high level. And so this, to me, would be a toss-up, kind of a you-pick-em type game because they're that evenly matched. Uh, conditions aren't going to be perfect tonight, obviously. So I'm not sure it favors either team. But I just think that, as you would expect, uh, these are two really, really good football teams. It's uh, Bob Lovell, Indiana Sports Talk tonight. It's going to have you covered on all of this action. Brought to you by your 14 Central Indiana Joe Childers run. CarX locations. Uh, otherwise, in 6A tonight, uh, they like to call it a slobber knocker. Ben Davis and <laughs> and Center Grove. I, I, I don't know this other than it looks like over the course of the season we have seen Ben Davis mature and get better. I know they've had some guys come back from injury, but you combine that with the incredible good fortune and that come from behind win going all the way back to the end of October against Brownsburg. Mm -hmm. I I mean, you get a variety of reasons why you should be feeling good if you're a fan of Ben Davis. No question. No question at all. But then, you know, you have to put the brakes on it just a little bit. And this is a team that's won three straight championships. Yes. <laughs> and uh, they are still the champs until somebody beats them. But I think this may be one of the most highly anticipated games it should be, quite frankly, 
because it's that good. These are two state championship caliber teams without question. And um, both great stories in how you look at it. You talked about the, the come from behind last week for Ben Davis. It's just, they've just been – what Rashman has done has been incredible, John. I mean, it is his first year there. They've gotten better and better and better each week. They're supremely talented. I think we understand that. They're taking on a, a center Grove team that that, that system – has won three championships. That that system has won, what is it, five overall? Yeah. I think it is. They are uh, they are the gold standard right now in terms of what you're trying to do at six A. And so you got two teams with great tradition, tremendous coaches, and incredibly talented kids. It shapes up to be a fantastic matchup. I, I've talked about this before, and I've talked about it with Eric. The thing that has always stand out to me regarding what he does is having everybody from the first grade on, whenever they pick up their football down there, everybody does the same stuff. There's no surprises by the time these dudes get to high school. They know exactly their responsibilities, exactly what they should be doing. And that's something that Brad Stevens, I remember him saying this when he was the head coach at Butler years ago to me, saying, you know what, everybody in this building, talking about Hinkle, has to be pushing in the same direction. It has to be that good to win at a level in which we were winning. And that is, you know, over years for Eric Moore. It just always astounds me why everybody doesn't take that similar approach because you don't see it as often as you should, especially considering the results at times when you see coaches go about it in this fashion that stay a long time, the positive results they end up getting. Well, and clearly it's worked, and you, you mentioned this. I mean, he you think about when he first came in, he was a wing T guy. He was running – they were running the football. And, uh, you know, went against the conventional thought at that time. You know, people are spreading it out and throwing it a lot. They continued to run. They've evolved, I suppose is the best word. They'll throw it depending on personnel. But they're still a, a, a very ground-oriented team because these types of games this time of year – you have to be able to run the football. And so he, you see his teams evolve over the course of time with one clear, uh, distinct result, and that's they just keep winning. And uh, I think, you're, I think they're, you're right. There's a whole lot to say about everyone being familiar with the system from the time they start playing phantom football over you know, in uh, Johnson County. Everybody's going to be doing the same stuff. And, and it's hard to argue. It's impossible to argue with the success that they've had with it. No, and you get um, nearly 100% belief. I mean, there may be some outliers there, but you just you can never argue with those results. You can't. Well, who knows, John? In our in, in the culture we live in, you can people want to argue about everything. So you won by uh, ten points. You should have won by twenty. Well, I think you if you're going to be listened to, yeah, there's not a lot to be listened to down there regarding his results. So yeah, no, it's just it's just it's just how it's just yep. how it is, and um, uh, that that's why this is such an intriguing matchup because these are. Clearly two of the best teams in the state in Center Grove and Ben Davis. He is a Bob Lovell with us in 5A, Bloomington South and Decatur Central. And I mentioned getting on a run. Early in the season, D.C. lost on the road to Whiteland. Uh, and they avenged that game last week in the regional in a big way. Are we watching a team on the southwest side of Indy right now, Decatur Township, hitting their collective stride? 
I think so. I mean, I, I think both these teams are in that same situation, John. I think that's what makes it such an intriguing matchup tonight is they've gotten steadily better and better. I mean, all year long, South has uh, been battling out with North. I mean, Bloomington had you know, for a long, long time in 5A the number one and number two ranked teams in, in Bloomington North and Bloomington South. And then with South beating North in the tournament, uh, they've beaten some good teams to get where they are. So I think this is a this is a very evenly matched game. Decatur Central has just gotten so much better offensively; they're really, really difficult to contain. So uh, this should be a fun, fun game, no question about this. On the southwest side of town yeah you got in in 4a bob lovell by the way joins us you start out zero and two of your new pal against really good competition uh but then obviously you have not lost since august the 25th but you get to head down 74 and check out an east Cent- <laughs> east central squad that has had ownership um of the championship the past couple of years how do you like that matchup I think it's the best game of the night, to be honest. Uh, I, I, re- I really do. As you mentioned, you know, New Pal had, had a slower start than they like. East Central, it's pretty well chronicled. They won it last year. They, they're undefeated this year. A lot of those guys are back from last year. Uh, it's not a short drive down to St. Leo, or St. Leon, excuse me. And so um, – it's it, it's one of those games where both teams are high powered offensively. Uh, they keep you out of the end zone. Uh, they're really really good. Again, another evenly matched team. I just think that um, you know in a situation like this, I love New Pal. Love what Kyle Ralph and these guys have done. But you're at the defending champs, and they they uh, they haven't lost a game. Uh, th- that's why this is such a neat matchup tonight. I look at it this way in 3A, and Knox is 13-0, and that speaks for itself. But I kind of wonder if they truly understand what is waiting on them here in Chittard. Uh I, I would I would echo that thought. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I, I really would. Yeah. Uh, the Knox story is a great story. Russ Radke, legendary coach at Griffith, surefire Hall of Fame coach, uh, he's one. He's one of the truly great coaches in the history of high school football in our state, and uh, he's turned the Knox program into a, a power uh, in that part of the state. But Shatard is Shatard. You're playing at Shatard. I'm. I'm not sure what would be a bigger challenge than what they're going to go through tonight. And so, um, Shatard is Shatard. Always been a tough matchup for no no matter who has played him. And uh, I just love what the Trojans have done. Um, Rob Doyle is a fantastic coach. Should be a fun, fun game to be in. I just think it'll be a great game, though. It's incredible look, too. Class A, Bob. 58th year at Sheridan for Larry Bud. 58th year. And they're as relevant and as good as they've ever been. That that's incredible, and then you look on the other side too. You go to the southeast side of town, and Lutheran, they have been a staple at this level for a number of years now. Well, they've won the last two championships in single A for a reason. Dave Pash is you've got a machine there. I mean, they're big, strong up front, dominate the line, and the, the point of attack on both sides of the ball. There are not enough superlatives, John, for Bud Wright. Uh, not not nearly. An, I'm not sure what more you can say that hasn't been said. He is an absolute legend in, in the coaching profession. His teams are fundamentally sound. They don't beat themselves. 
which is going to make this a challenge for them tonight because if you turn it over against uh, Lutheran, you're in deep trouble. And so uh, as much as you'd like to talk about Bud and the you think about this, at his age, he's still able to relate to kids. He's still a, They love him. They absolutely adore him, and uh, his knowledge of the game is unsurpassed. But he's been able to relate to people three and four and five different decades, quite frankly, at this high level. Um, we will, I don't think, see very, very many people ever in the rest of the history of high school football who can uh, compare with Bud Wright. And that's why it makes – this is such a neat matchup because you got the two-time defending champs going against the legend in Bud Wright. And you know what? You get the state finals next week, and then you jump right into the girls are already underway. I know they yeah, got some big yeah, yeah. games going on down in Johnson County with the girls. Uh, the the high school uh, Johnson County tournament. The boys are going to get underway. You had a lot of uh, across the state of Indiana yesterday. A lot of scrimmages go on too. Are those secret scrimmages? They're pretty well known, right? They're not secrets. Oh, I pretty, yeah, I, I think they're pretty well known. I wonder, uh, I wonder how my Thunderbirds did up here. They came to the woodshed. I think they played a <laughs> scrimmage against Greenwood, I believe. Uh, I don't know, but uh, I'm sure your birds. You know, I think they'll be good. I, I saw a team picture good. of them, and with all due respect, they look like they're all in about fifth grade. So <laughs> I don't know, yeah. don't know what well, we're talking about down there this year for Jamie yeah, and company. Is if we find a Thunderbird picture with your ugly muscles, <laughs> you'll, you'll be, look the same way. Yeah, I don't know. They all look like they're in fifth grade because they're about five foot three. Yeah, that was one. So, yeah, I wonder. The problem for the birds is, as you know, down where they are, there's some really good teams. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, and better <laughs> and better. Really good teams. Yeah, good, good and getting better. No, you're exactly right all right buddy you hit the airwaves tonight you get recap tomorrow you got one i believe game coming up tomorrow that i'm sure you're going to recap in a semi-state and then be set for next week looking forward to it i mean i i quite fr- i love basketball everybody knows that you know that but quite frankly uh, football championships on thanksgiving weekend downtown with the lighting of the tree and all the things that are going on that may be one of, if not the best, weekends in all of sport, quite frankly. Mm, no doubt about that. All right, my friend, I appreciate that. Have a great night Sorry, tonight John. and tomorrow night. Thanks we'll do it again next me. week. All right, thanks. See you. Uh, Bob Lovell, Indiana Sports Talk, brought to you by your 14 Central Indiana CarX locations. Joe Childers runs them. Maintain your fall road readiness at CarX here locally today. Quick break, we'll come back. Wells is back from ESPN Radio in the 4 o'clock hour. Voice of the Hoosiers, Don Fisher, recap with IU and Wright State and Hoop and then preparation for tomorrow forthcoming for the Voice of the Hoosiers. It is a fantastic Friday. And if you're out there listening, Fulton, I'm coming up to Tipton tonight. The Tipton High School Auditorium. I'm going up there tonight to watch Elf. Caller Fulton is a part of that production. I'm going up. I've looked it up, too. I've never been to Tipton before. It's an hour from where I'm sitting right here. It's an hour one way. I'm coming to see it. Not just Tipton, but Fulton, too, later on tonight. Quick break. Back with the next. The Ride with JMV. Are you kidding? You think I'd join this crummy snobatorium? But this whole place sucks. That's right, it sucks. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. 
In case you missed it today, Joe Burrow done for the season, wrist injury. So, all right, the Buccaneers next week, that's Baker Mayfield. We'll Levis with the Titans, uh, assuming that Jake Browning is the guy now, as he was last night. Uh, Kenny Pickett, right, for the Steelers. Um, What's the situation with Desmond Ritter right now? Is it uh, Desmond Ritter or uh, Taylor Heineke? That's with the Falcons. Aiden O'Connell with the Raiders and uh, C.J. Stroud, who is not too far away from being, unless he's already there. I'll wait for a week or two. But conversationally speaking, as I brought up yesterday, we'll see if C.J. Stroud can put together a next couple of weeks to be in the midst of that. Maybe he is right now. But those are the future quarterbacks of the Colts coming up in the weeks that will continue after the bye week. Colts 5-5. Five and five. Get back to that point coming up on the other side. Wells is going to be here. Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers in the 5 o'clock hour. Uh, shout out to the Winshuler Spreadable Cheese Lounge. The show out yesterday for the Prez of Cheese was absolutely outstanding. Bob Nunez, well done right there inside the Winshuler Spreadable Cheese's Lounge. Yet another way you can be a part of this show, along with 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. The Ride with JMV. Here's Jenny! Don't! David Letterman! Hi, David. I'm Grandpa. Don't! 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Injection, Mike Wells. Uh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Ooh. I gotta say, hey, this is one of the one of the boys men songs that I can't say I know the word all the words to. No, that's okay. This this is their 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 sexy like you know, freak me, H-Town, knocking boots effort right here. This is not the, you know, the the hearts, candy hearts and Valentine's Day of I'll make love to you and all that, that want bend a knee, right? This is like the yeah. the R&B sexified boys to men version right here. This is that, cl- this is close the curtains, light the candles, mm-hmm. make the room, make the room pitch dark, close the deal. You've already, you've already you've already been on bending knees, and you know there's no end of the road because you were you were about to be all about that ooh and on up in the bedroom ooh, on this song of boys. Is that Sean Stockman that goes injection, fellas? No, hey Sean, hey, John, hey, Sean Stockman's the skinny brother. Oh, uh, I thought he was. Is not yeah. the deep voice one? No, injection, no, he's not fellas. The deep voice Yes, he's like, yeah, he's like injection. All right, Charlotte, you got you damn, you damn skippy about that. Hey, by the way, I don't know if this has been announced. I don't know if I'm allowed to say it, but I believe there's, uh, I believe Damar is having uh, boys to men at their uh, March uh, gathering, their function, privately having really? boys to men there. That's pretty cool. Man, yeah. hey, I got this is the day I wish we had our favorite four foot one 
Red Hand in, 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 on site with you in studio today, man. Have you seen Have you seen Chris Hagen's tweet today? Oh, I know, I know. He's uh, he's uh, he's loading up, right? He's mm-hmm. now. Is there has there been a response? Because the CH, I was. Is he going to get a response from the AC? Man, I I, I don't know, but it was. I can't believe my guy. Listen, he, he has definitely <laughs> he has definitely taken some cheap shots. He took it to a whole new level today, man. I know, I, I saw mean, it. Not, 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 not only having students on they want a planner, but he went from being Chris Hagen or Chris or Hagen, the CH out there. I was like, oh my God. Let's just say that tweet has made its way around our group chat. Uh, with with the coach writer. Oh, really? It, now it, 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 it has made its way around, and people are talking about it. I'm I believe. Like, oh, yeah. It, it clearly, our, our boy Hagen has been holding on to receipts for a while, evidently. I I, yeah, I think so. And then I, it, when he was in Germany, I was there. Um, there was a similar tweet that AC put out there that Hagen had had, and then the gloves were off. I think after that, right? I mean, not only did he put it on Twitter, he put it on Instagram too, man. And then he actually he put the tweet out there and talked about how Fox 59, CBS 4 were over in uh, Germany, and he made sure to put on, only in all caps. I mean, <laughs> you talk about there's a lot of pettiness out here. Our boy Hagen has put the capital P in petty in the TV war in this town. Yeah, you know what? And I, I feel it's it's okay to say this, too, because I often talk about and laugh about when uh, Dave Calabro and that, Dave when Dave Calabro and Whitlick went at it, that was the last really good local talent fight, although there was no social media, I don't think, back then, so we didn't get it there. But this is AC and CH, Chris Hagen. Right now, I'm I'm here for it. How about you? I'm here for it. I'm ready. Oh my god! I, I think Hagen probably did this one on purpose today because he knew he wasn't going to be in studio <laughs> or, or, or on location because we would have spent the full 20 minutes discussing this. Yes, man. we would have. And, and I just looked at his Twitter page. He's got the tweet pinned at the top of his page, not just tweeted. You got it up to pinned. So anybody who looks at this page, you can see that first. So you can go and check it out. It's it's a video he put together. Right, and the the winner got a planner. Yeah, because <clears throat> which I right, listen. I uh, I know the folks in Brownsburg have been very very happy in recent years because they didn't get a planner; they got the banner. The banner. Yes. <laughs> up in up in high school gym. So um, I might need I might need to swing by the coach facility next Wednesday because <laughs> uh, I'm I'm on, I'm on Thanksgiving break from IU. Yeah. And I have nothing to lose. I might swing through because that might be the only day of the week outside of game day that um, Hagen, the, the CH and AC yes. will be in the building. And I might need to go up in that bad boy and um, and do some teasing up in there. I have ain't, 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 ain't none, none of the wrestling reporters going to mess with those guys about it. So I may have to pop in for that. Or no, no. Ask Matt Conti for a, a credential for the next home game. Well, and, and let's face it too. I mean, we're we're both OG enough, right, to where we can bring it up. Like the the younger dudes around that wouldn't bring it up, but we're I think we're OG oh, no. enough to where we can bring it up. And, and the, the way we do it is, we wouldn't sit there just blatantly ask about it. I mean, I would just suddenly make a comment like, "Man, AC, who won the banner last week?" Hey. C.H., you won the planner last weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Let them go from there. How will they take that at Wish, you think? Because you've worked over there before. I don't really know. I don't know them that well, but how would they take that? 
listen, I had a hell of a six years over there. In fact, I, I worked at every station in this town except for CH station just because of the ESPN. Though. But I had a hell of a six years over at which they treated me good, paid me good, took care of me and stuff. Uh, but I, I trust me, I, I'm pretty sure – they're not happy about it over there. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure they're not happy about it. If I have to make the assumption off of it. Sweet. I hope we can stoke the flames here today. That's what I'm hoping. Can we do that? Stoke the flames. Oh, trust me. I'm about to send a group text to you and Hagen and tell Hagen to turn, to turn on the show. <laughs> Hey, Mike Wells joins us at ESPN Radio. You probably saw the news regarding Joe Burrow. He is done for the season. If you look at the remainder of the Colts' schedule and the quarterbacks they face, he was the only one on there when healthy, certainly, that you thought was anything eye-popping. How winnable do you believe the rest of this schedule is? And now, how winnable is that Bengals game compared to what you thought it was with a more healthy and active Joe Burrow, which clearly he won't be done for the season? What's wild is, I mean, and, and you know, I mess with Mike Cap about this because Chap he texts us and I put my Homer hat on. It's not un- un- unrealistic for the Colts to be in a position to potentially make the playoffs. Uh, you know, especially do when you look at the remaining part of this, their their schedule, the quarterbacks they're going to face. I'm not going to say I'm I'm not ready to say they're going to make the playoffs. But I'm not putting it out there. Uh, but the good, what I like about it is the door's not shut on the Colts season. Uh, I agree with that. I I completely agree. Yes. If you're a Colts fan, you're sitting here like, oh my God, oh my, we got, we got, we got something to want to watch the rest of the season. Now you you sit there and say, all right, hopefully Gardner Minshew can get can get it going. Because think about this, they have what Baker Mayfield, Will Levis, Jake Browning, Kenny Pickett. Who I think I'm not gonna lie, Mike Thomas should be coach of the year right now. What he's done with that, their offense stinks, but they are still uh, winning games. Then you got Taylor uh, Heineke or Desmond Ritter, Aiden O'Connell, and C.J. Stroud, the best rookie, the best rookie quarterback in the NFL this season. It is there. It, it's not. It's not unrealistic. Uh, I'm not sold on the Bucks. I, I, I'm not sold on the Bucks. Tennessee is Jekyll and Hyde. Man, it wouldn't it be great if Bill Belichick got fired and Mike Vrabel became the Patriots coach. But anyways, on a different note, we know yeah, that's not that's game. not out of the realm. I mean, he may just leave on his own here. If he wants, you know, gets forced out, but leaves on his own. And, you know, Vrabel would, I would think Vrabel would be among those in the mix. Would he not? No, he would definitely, he would definitely be in the mix in my opinion. So I think we have one, two, three. Mm-hmm. I say, I think, it should, I think the Colts should win at least four of the remaining one, two, three, four, seven games. And if that's the case, you're looking at a, what, a, a uh, nine and eight record. Yeah. Which is better than what I thought. I didn't think they'd win. I, I didn't think they'd get over the six and a half Vegas odds on the over under set before the start of the season. So uh, this is uh, are, uh, better than what I thought. Are, they've, they've, they've already reached their win total that I predicted. I said five, and, and look, they won five games with basically without Anthony Richardson the entire season. For the most, you also say yeah. this has just been a watch of a rookie year for Anthony Richardson. So it has been. It's been. A positive for them. So, with, with that said, let me ask you this: yeah. No, Anthony Richardson. They're sitting at five hundred under bye week. How much credit do you give? How much is it just a player? How much is it? Did you got to give credit for a rookie head coach and Shane Steichen? I, I will say this: uh, there have been moments. There have been moments for Steichen. Uh, there have been moments for the players. Even Menchu's had a moment or two. But I also think that what we're looking at. 
in those final games on this schedule, it, it, I think this has been where they are right now, a lot of the product of the schedule. Would you not agree? I mean, consider these last two wins. Reasonably speaking, against really a lot of other teams in the NFL, neither one would have been, considering the type of offensive production the Colts got in both the Carolina and the Patriots game in Germany. So I think right now it's about a product of the schedule, and that's why I don't mind if the rest of the way it's a product of the schedule. I just want to see them, and I think they should, with the way things look right now, keep us entertained, keep us interested, and then just see what you have. Because this is a rebuild and a reboot. And I've always said this, there's not a damn thing wrong with winning games during this. We'll worry about April's draft in April. Worry about winning games right now because it's been few and far between over the years around here. Yeah, this this is great. Like I'm, I'm like, man, uh, I'm close to like, man, I don't have to get rid of my tickets. I don't have to try to sell my tickets off because they can be going into that final game of the season against um, CJ Stroud and the Texans with a chance to get a wild card spot. And you know, let's be realistic. You know, they, they beat Miami would be it would be very tough. Obviously, we know what Kansas City has out <laughs> yeah. there right now. Um, beating the Baltimore Ravens twice in the season. I think that would be very tough too. So we're not sitting, you know, we should put on. We're not sitting and saying, "Oh my, this team is a legit playoff contender." If they get in the postseason, they got a chance to make a run. No, that's not the case. But it's more about what this franchise has gone through the past two seasons with Carson Wentz and Matt and Matt Ryan, and the headaches they've had with that. And just Saturday, they should be happy. But it, the fan base should be happy that they're in this position. Jonathan Taylor is starting to get going. Over on the offense is not very good. They got, they got. It's clear some holes they got to address. Uh, it's great to see what Zaire Zaire Franklin is doing this season. Um, you know, the writing on the, is on the wall for their, for Shaq Leonard and his career. But still, I'll take where this team is at right now, a week before Thanksgiving, than what I thought they would have been when the season started. Looking at what they have remaining right now, if they don't make a significant run to make the postseason, if they're not there here on out for the season, at least in the running, in the conversation to make the postseason? Is this going to be disappointing? Do we change the overall look of what this season is about, especially now with the backup quarterback? Uh, actually, can you repeat that again? No, if they, if they – let's just say, for example, they lose some games here down the stretch that we believe, looking at it right now, they shouldn't. Um, should there be a level of disappointment there? Should people be disappointment or disappointed if they're unable to to be relevant and in the mix toward the end of the season with the schedule we see? Uh, Oh yeah, I, I think. Oh yeah, I, th- I think people should be disappointed if you if you think about it. Like, cause, hey, they basically. I look at the the, the cold schedule. The playoffs is sitting on the, the playoff. A, a chance to be in the playoffs is sitting on a silver platter. I know I'm being greedy, buffet style, because you know the, the people are gonna say, "Well, they've already overachieved. The rookie quarterback is not there, and everything." And but I just think you got to look at it as like, hey. The schedule is sitting there for them. The teams they're facing with the quarterbacks they're going to face, they have to pounce on this one. They have to do it. And if they don't, if they're not in position for a playoff spot, it's, it's not. It's not looking. I think there should be disappointment, in my opinion. Should it be? Do you look at their schedule and believe that they they should win out or win almost? Let's just say a couple of games. I, I think that that's to me 
still too robust to bring up because I frankly don't think they're that great. I just put all of this on the fact that the schedule is conducive to believing they can win these games. But I just I don't know if you can count on them to do that um, enough times, I guess, to make the postseason. Is that fair? A fair assessment of this? Yeah, it, it is. I mean, listen, they, they went across the pond in Germany and scored 10 points. So what was, what was yeah? What, what was the final score? Or what they score? Ten to what six. Was the final score? They, ten to they, six. Ten to six. They went across. They went across the pond and scored one touchdown. So as excited as it should be, there, there's still issues on this team. There's still. I mean, you got Gardner Minshew who can't. You know, who who, still, who is still turnover prone. I mean, uh, T.J. Watt and company and the Pittsburgh Steelers are like, oh my god, I can't wait to get him out there. You never know if Derrick Henry's going to get off. Will Levis may have a great game. Baker Mayfield might, might go back to looking like Baker Mayfield early in the to Cleveland Browns. So it's not a given. But it, it, I'm just I'm rolling with the big O right now. I'm just rolling with optimism. There should be optimism right now. No, you, you, and if you're you're able to, that Houston game at the end of the season may turn out to be absolutely massive, uh, unlike it was a year ago against the Texans to close out the regular season. At five and four. By the way, C.J. Stroud has been absolutely outstanding. Should he be mentioned as far as the MVP race is concerned with the numbers he's put up as a rookie? I mean, if the Texans going to win a few more games, yes, definitely. Think so I just, I just love, I love it because listen, you and I talked about it um, going into the draft. We talked about it after the draft and everything. The history of Ohio State quarterback struggling. Um, I, I, I think C.J. Stroud is definitely. Shaking off that notion that, you know, Ohio State quarterbacks can't play in the NFL. What he's doing is unbelievable. And if I'm Frank, if I'm Frank Reich in the front office of the Carolina Panthers, I'm like, damn, we really screwed that one up. We had the number one overall pick, and we screwed it up and took the wrong player. This Browns game, Colts fans will reflect on that for a long time. Yeah, no doubt. Really, the Rams game, too, but more so than anything else, the Browns game. Because the Browns right now are still in the mix. Um, but obviously, their situation without Deshaun Watson moving forward and Dorian Thompson-Robinson you know, now being their quarterback would leave them you know, wide open for a trip down the stairs. And then you got Houston in front of you right now if you're the Colts in the hunt, which is something you can still take care of. And you've already knocked off once. So their situation is right there in front of them. I mean, it truly is. And now you add in Joe Burrow being done for the season and making that game on the road more winnable. You do kind of have to ask yourself, even if you're a non-believer with that schedule, why not? Yeah. So, okay, here I'm going to put you on the spot with this one. Do you want the Colts to make the playoffs? Oh, of course. Absolutely. Yes. I'm so sick and tired of being non-relevant losers around here. (laughs) Seriously, I want to talk about somebody winning, somebody surprisingly being a winner, and I don't give a damn about the April draft and where they are. We'll worry about that at that time. Yes, I want to see these guys. And really, it's also for the team, Mike, because these guys do work their ass off. So to see it pay off – and to go back and all the times that everybody around here was told what was going to happen and, you know, all the quotes about how things are going to change and be great and never living up to it, to me, it makes it even more magnified a special situation when nobody thought it could be this way, and it is. So absolutely, absolutely for this group. 
is this a, are these the final um, how many games they got left? Ten. Are these are these the final seven games of Shaq Leonard's career with the Colts? Yes, I believe so. I don't see how that is is going to get any better. And and you feel bad, um, I, I guess. Maybe you say you don't feel bad. I don't know how you feel. But for him, he's just never going to reach that point as he was the year before last. And I think a lot of that is to do with his body and the shape that it's in right now and certainly with Gus Bradley as the coordinator. And now you see the amount of money he gets paid. I mean, there's no way I think they're going to do that without a change, of course, monetarily, which I don't think he's going to accept. Thus, I think you take on the dead cap money hit, and we're probably watching the final games of him here. And then they'll end up you know, giving some money to Zaire Franklin, I think, and extending him for the future here too. But, yeah, I just it just doesn't look like Shaquille Leonard is the type of player – you know, even in a different situation and a different defensive coordinator, the type of player uh, that he once was because of the situation with his body. I don't think there's any other way to look at it. Yeah, hey, tough, 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 tough break for uh, Shaq Leonard. I mean, you agree? You think you're watching the final games of Shaq Leonard oh, in a Colts oh. uniform? Oh, without a doubt. The fact that Zaire Franklin was injured. And Shaq Leonard certainly still couldn't get on the football field. And, you know, I put a tweet out and said I commended Shaq for publicly voicing his displeasure. And, of course, people looked at it as like, oh, well, he hasn't done anything. No, it was more to a reference that a lot of players like the moan and groan behind the scenes, off the record, they'd rather be sourced and won't put their name behind it and stuff like that. But, no, the last couple Thursdays, uh, Shaq Leonard, the camera's in front of him, and he voiced how he hadn't been how he is not been getting snaps. The reality is he has to play better, but I like it from a journalism standpoint that Shaq had no problem continuing to talk about it and not turn it into one of those moments like, oh, uh, I'm not discussing it because the cameras are in front of me. So Mike Wells of ESPN Radio is on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Again, the Colts get the Buccaneers a week from Sunday as then they return off the bye week. So 7-4 and four, the Pacers get Orlando coming up on Sunday as far as the in-season tournament is concerned. It is a, a win on the road in Atlanta, I believe, on Tuesday, and they will be aut- automatic in to the knockout round. And I don't know anything about it. I'm just going to wait to evaluate the in-season tournament when it's over. But the brand of basketball and the winning that has come along with it so far, what do you think about the seven and four Pacers to this point? I'm gonna say right now, I'm just I'm I'm totally confused about the um, completely confused about the intern. They're in Group A of of the East, and they're leaders right now. It's very much like the World Cup in soccer. Yeah, I I don't get it. I love the courts, how the courts make up, and more importantly, I love how the Pacers are playing. I love how Tyrese Halliburton is out there scoring throwing dimes and not turning the ball over. It is this team, they can't, listen, they play defense like you and I do, but from an offensive standpoint, they are they are exciting to watch. I love seeing this team. Let's just hope they don't get one of those long lulls at any point in the season because yep. they're on the way. They're, 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 Rick Carlisle has completely changed his approach in coaching, and they're doing things in the right direction. And <clears throat> just think about it. I mean, you could have, you could have a – um, a double playoff team. You can have the IP, Indiana Pacers, and IC, Indianapolis Colts, the way we have the CHs and the ACs going out there together, man. It could be exciting for us. <laughs> yes, I can't wait. To see. What happens when they come together, both covering it? That's what I want to see, a little back and forth, like we got with Calabro and Whitlock. I want a little bit of that, a little bit of tension. 
I want them to bring man. the tension to the room. Hey, if I were a betting man, they're not going to say anything to each other, man. I, I, I bet you you'd have more like the camera guys getting into it than the uh, actual, actual um, uh, reporters trying to get into it. But I'll get a play-by-play from our media boys if something yeah. were to happen, man. It is one thing to just send it out via Twitter or X. It's another to put production value behind it, as Hagen did. That's impressive. I hope I hope he gave the camera guy some overtime pay and everything for going in because he really he put thought into it. You know there was a script behind it, probably. Oh yeah. He said, yeah. "All right, we're going. We are going to really, really make this a nice little production deal." And it is clear that uh, he hired hired some uh, young students. Hopefully, he paid them well. Hopefully, yeah. Hagen gave him some of that one point six million dollars a year he makes. And I made it work these young gentlemen's time. For those that may not know, it's Chris Hagen and Anthony Calhoun. Not so much Anthony Calhoun. They're they're kind of having. I don't know if we'd call it a back and forth, but there's uh, there is some squabble territory going on right here, and we're here for it. I'm here for it. And then Hagen most recently fired uh, the latest uh, shot heard. Round the Twitterverse and here in Indianapolis, I guess whatever that means. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> hey, well, brother, hey, you have a great. Yeah, oh, you got to go. Wait, wait, you're not going to mention 33. Where's Miles Turner? Come on, Miles. Nothing from you. <laughs> you did you hey, see that the script was flipped in the fourth quarter against Embiid? Why are we not all celebrating this? Well, listen, I I know you celebrated for everybody. Oh, off of it. yeah, I did. Uh, man. Hey, by the way, man. Um, I am coming in studio tomorrow morning to do my uh, ESPN radio show. So, oh, yeah. can you leave leave me a beverage or two in Where, studio? What the hell are you uh, doing? Where's he doing that? <laughs> we got studio. Uh, like we got everybody's merging together here at uh, at Urban One and Radio One. We have everybody merging together in the indie market. So I was trying to think where uh, you're doing that. I don't know. I got some instructions. That yeah, I'll be down. I'm on ESPN Radio from ten to twelve tomorrow. Um, looking forward to, new, to doing that. But yeah, if you got any beverages you want to leave or whatever, just let me know. Let me tell you, my, where you, where you got my man, pick? my man, my desk up here, and you will easily note that it's my desk because it looks like a liquor store. So yes, it has all that. Just go up there, grab yourself a bottle of Larceny Bourbon or Evan Williams, maybe a little bit of Elijah Craig. Got some uh, uh, Luna Zul tequila up in there, too. Grab grab yourself a bottle, take it home, and uh, if you need it on the air, you need it on the air. If you don't, if you want to wait and take it back to Brownsburg, celebrate something over there, do it. But uh, it's my desk. You'll know exactly which one's mine. All right, brother. I appreciate it. I got to hit the road with your, with your favorite member of the Wells family. My girl. and I, we get- we got to be up at Finch Creek in an hour, so I got to fight through this traffic. Get up in there. We'll talk at you. All right, brother. Later on. It's uh, Mike Wells of ESPN Radio, 10 until noon tomorrow morning on ESPN Radio. Coming in here. Well done. I like a good back and forth here locally. I'm here for that. I think you guys inside the lounge, the Winshuler Spreadable Cheeses Lounge, would be here for that, too. Dig it. All right, quick one, we'll come back. I got room for your calls. If you guys want to make it, you can. Give me five and five Colts. Uh, I don't want to say second half. It's not the second half. You know what I mean. post bye week expectations for the Colts. Five and five, knowing what you know, Burrow injury schedule. Your post bye week 
expectations. 239-1070, other side, Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers. You got Butler in Michigan State hooping it up later on tonight, too. We're here for it all. 93.5107.5 The Fan. The Ride with JMV. Why not, Mr. Vankerman? Because you did not use the magic word. Well, it is the magic word, Mr. Vankerman. Please. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Bob Lovell earlier, semi-state action tonight. Wherever you're going, drive safely, enjoy. Bob's got you covered tonight. Your way home with all of the uh, high school football semi-state action throughout the state on Indiana Sports Talk. Mike Wells of ESPN Radio. Mike's going to be on ESPN Radio tomorrow morning, 10 until noon. He did not say who he was going to be partnered up with. I wonder if he still gets partnered up. What's uh, the dude's name? Uh, Kentucky Sports Radio. Matt, what's his name? I don't know if he's been paired up with him recently or not. I don't even know if that guy's done it. But Mike, ESPN Radio, tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. Hey, coming up tomorrow afternoon at noon, Michigan State and IU down in Bloomington. Don Fisher will talk about that, talk about Wright State and IU from last night, and UConn coming up on Sunday afternoon at 1 o'clock. This time of year, friend of the show, voice of the Hoosiers, Don Fisher, incredibly busy. Boilermakers Northwestern coming up tomorrow. But Northwestern at 5-5 five and five this season, and the absolute cluster that that situation was and Pat Fitzgerald getting fired. To have that group at 5-5. Five and five. Pretty amazing. Uh, Michigan fired their linebackers coach today. Third-ranked Michigan and Maryland tomorrow at noon from College Park. And then, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, too, a little bit of collegiate action going on right now. Georgia and 12th-ranked Miami, 24-23, the Canes, with uh, under six in the first half of play there. believe that is the uh, Bahamas championship going on down there. Uh, Butler, Michigan State tonight. So if you're looking for a substantial test for the Bulldogs, if you're a Butler fan, uh, you should get that. And Michigan State, by the way, a couple of losses so far this year. One and two. Butler, Michigan State tonight. That's on, I believe, Fox Sports 1 at 6.30 this evening. You can find some pretty good college basketball if you're looking later on this evening. Don Fisher, top of the hour. Bill's at 239-1070. Hello, Bill. JV, how are you doing today? Fantastic, Bill. It was great to see you yesterday. What a fantastic time. Man, that was a good time, and uh, uh, I want to give a shout-out to uh, President Bob of, of Winschulers. Yes. yes. Uh, uh, we sat down and talked about it and everything, and the go-to Thanksgiving side dish to take to any kitchen or dinner you have to do is to get the Winschulers cheddar and bacon cheese and make macaroni and cheese, and nobody in the world will be mad at you. Now, would you put some pieces of bacon in that too? Mix it in. Some bacon oh, crumbles. You know I mean, I'll, I'll pimp anything up. Yeah, <laughs> hell yeah. That sounds good, oh, man. I'll you're pimp. right. Yes, you're right. 
But uh, he, when you go to the Winchulers page, they got a bunch of different recipes and everything. He was talking about something with sour cream, which was blowing my mind yesterday. But uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. That was a great. Uh, that's a great location. Uh, not not hard to get to at all. Uh, people were nice, and uh, uh, it, was, it was a fantastic time. But uh, but you know what I kind of want to talk to you about was uh, the fact that this Sunday is going to be the. Uh, 19th anniversary of the malice in the palace yeah and for pe- people that don't remember the malice in the palace and everything it was the it was the the fight between two teams that that uh basically if you're a pacer fan uh you've never recovered i mean it was 19 years ago and everything and that was the best team we've ever had and we and we went into the abyss after that and yeah. that team could have stayed together too uh, but uh, if you get a chance to get on Netflix and watch the, the documentary Malice in the Palace and everything, it'll give you a, a little bit different perspective and everything. But uh, I remember exactly uh, where I was watching it. It's one of those moments in sports history that uh, are signatures that, that I think you would remember around here exactly where you were when you watched it go down. Oh, it's definitely one of those events. It, it definitely was. But uh, when when you watch that documentary – and then you look at what Draymond Green of the Golden State Warriors has done, not only to Sabonis by stomping him in the chest, but now this headlock on uh, uh, Rudy Gobert. Uh, I, I think Draymond, I mean, if Steven Jackson and, and Artes got uh, suspended for a year, I'm not so sure that Gobert shouldn't be suspended for life or that uh, Draymond Green shouldn't be uh, suspended for life. I still can't, even looking back on that, you know, back, um, you said this weekend, November the 18th of 2004. One of the reasons why it sticks out, too, is I was in the second week of hosting a show on my own over at WNDE when, when that went down. But I just remember I was at home watching it. We had been and we were doing a remote at the Fall Indiana Golf Show. Out at the state fairgrounds. They had a couple of things when I first went out on the road. The Fall Indiana Golf Show. And remember, they had something called Testosterama out there. Somebody put together Testosterama, which was absolutely ridiculous. But it was the Fall Indiana Golf Show. And I remember going home because you wanted to see this matchup. I mean, the two top teams in the Eastern Conference squaring off, and I, I, I still can't believe when I go back and look at it, all of that that went down it was absolutely incredible and not in a good way incredible in a bad way incredible across the board a really bad a really bad way and and uh you know you felt i mean when i look back at it now and i mean 19 years later i i feel kind of bad for ron artest because he was a he was a great player for us i mean he was a, a tremendous defensive player but uh, uh for whatever reason uh uh he, he kind of demonstrated some bad behavior that yeah, night. And well, then everybody, everybody just kind of was, you were just kind of waiting. It was like a matter of time for everybody waiting on something. I don't know if anybody ever expected it to go like that, but you were kind of waiting on, on something to happen. And, and ultimately it did, but yeah, I mean, 19 years ago and uh, I remember it profoundly. It was great to see you yesterday, Billy next week again, right? At Brothers and Broad Ripple next Wednesday. Oh, yeah, we'll be there. Thank you, buddy. Thank you. We'll Have a you. great weekend. That's Bill, who yesterday was at Taylor's Bar and Table up in Ingalls, which was an outstanding time. So was uh, Derek. 
Derek joins us at 239-1070. Derek, I got to thank you and your wife for coming out. It was great to meet her. And thanks for the chocolate you brought back from Frankfurt, Germany. Outstanding. Oh, man, you're so welcome. I, I kept telling her she didn't want to come. I said, I promised Dan be like three or four times. Yes, I was gonna you, bring bring, you, out you got so. to bring the significant other. Yeah. And she's glad she came and she didn't want to drink. But, of course, I got one and she wanted to drink mine. <laughs> <laughs> well. But I just want to uh, – I was like literally two miles away and we had to come in there. I had to bring her in there. But I just wanted to say uh, thank you for, you know, letting yeah. me run my mouth when I was in Germany. And also, yeah. thanks to you, I'm addicted to cheese. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad you love love the windshielders, man. It's it fantastic. It's awesome. And I I told uh, what was what was his name again? Uh, it was Bob Nunez, the president. Okay, I just I took him to the side and I said, "You you picked the right one here to sell your oh, team." Oh man, that's awesome. Thank you, bro. He's Appreciate doing a great that. Job, so. Appreciate. I tell you what, it's sweeping Central Indiana. We had a dude from Monticello call when he was on the air and say, hey, you know, I looked over here. I don't know where he went up in Monticello, but it wasn't there in stock. So, yeah, we're getting calls everywhere around central Indiana. It's uh, it's going really well. Yeah. Well, I was going to invite you over, but I had to take my kids over to Mojo up for their baseball practice. Oh, but yeah, Mojo time. up. That's where Wells yeah. is going right now, up yeah. to Mojo. Yeah. Oh, really? Because my son is there right now. No, yeah, Wells will be up there with uh, the, the – uh, the lovely Layla coming up here in just a bit, I believe. So yeah, we all have okay, to go I'll up there at times. Find him when I go pick my son up, I'll on the on the hooping on the hooping side, where you'll find him. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna go look for him. All right, buddy. <laughs> I'll see you, my man. All right, thanks. thanks again for the chocolate from Frankfurt, Germany, and for coming out yesterday and bringing your wife. Uh, JMV, how did the homeland turn out with the wildfires yesterday? Hoping it wasn't too bad and not a lot of damage. That's from Robert. Um, I haven't seen it other than a couple of pictures. And, you know, we have 40 acres and it's all wooded. So it didn't look like that a lot of it was compromised, but it was a numb nuts that evidently yesterday during a burn ban day and the wind and the dryness was uh, burning leaves somewhere. It was back up off of us. It wasn't even near anybody's house. I don't even know what the jackass was doing. But he got he set our property on fire. <laughs> so I, I had a friend of mine. I had a friend of mine that was a, a firefighter that was trying to put it out, and then uh, a couple of other friends that were uh, riding herd on it just in case it got a little bit worse, and and maybe could have compromised uh, my mom's house where I grew up. But uh, um, evidently. It all turned out well, and then today you get rain, which is certainly welcome. But, yeah, we'll probably have to have a conversation with Captain Numbnuts that decided to go ahead and burn some leaves up in there yesterday at some point because that's not smart at all. Not smart at all. Quick break. We'll come back if you're on hold. I'll get to you. The Harris Hoosier Park Race of the Day coming up, and Don Fisher, top of the hour. 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. The Ride with JMV. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, sir. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Thank you for joining us on this Friday, wherever you're going, especially if it is for one of these semi-state locations for football locally. And over on the west side, it's going to be crowded. Southwest side, too. Decatur Central, Bloomington South, down there at D.C. Uh, 1981. This date at 81, McDonald's introduced the McRib 
sandwich nationwide. I guess I've never truly understood why everybody loves it so much. I mean, it's either or, right? Like the McRib is is almost like what people feel about Starship. We built this city. Either you have people that go, you know what? It's not a bad song, and then everybody else hates it. The McRib. Have you had the McRib? I have never had a McRib before. James has never had a McRib. I, and this is a true story right here because you know that I keep track. I have had one McRib in my life. One. So one between us, James, since 1981. One McRib. It looks, all you have to do to see the McRib is, oh yeah, is go to the frozen food section of wherever you shop and get to the Encore frozen food. And they have, it, that is the McRib. The Encore. I don't know what that is, like a Salisbury steak or something. This dated 81, the McRib. I've had one. So one between us here. Uh, the Harris Hoosier Park race of the day. Ted Demas, the winner. Classy Lassie, the horse that won 320 on a $2 bet was paid out. The $2 exacta was 24.20 and the 50 cent trifecta, 29.40. That is your Harris Hoosier Park race of the day. Dale in before the top of the hour break at 239.1070. Hello, Dale. Hey, man. Listen, uh, when you were talking earlier, yes, you brought up, you brought up uh, Sheridan High School. I did, and I went, man. There was a guy. I think he was a Mister Football, if I'm not mistaken. Brett Law. Brett Law, indeed, running back down at IU. And he never, what? He got to play like a year or something and then blew his knee out? Or Well, that and there was some, some other that? stuff going on. <laughs> yeah. I would, well, I mean, I knew, I knew of the other stuff. Uh, I think some Uh-oh. of the other stuff in, in history in the 90s, I believe, took place in and around Little 500 weekend. So, yes. Well, my goodness, I did not know that. That was never printed, I suppose. <laughs> I, think I, was, I think I was there. Varsity Villas back in the day right there, Dale. But true story, yes, he was, I believe, out of Sheridan High School. I can't remember what year, but he was, in fact. I think it was like 1992, Probably, maybe? yeah, because I was still in college so at the time. Oh, you were still, you were, you were, lasted that long. <laughs> yes. I was, a, I was on the five-year plan, my good fella. See, I went to school like earlier than you, and my uh, option was going to Vietnam or eh, stay in college. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, I talk about this being a different era than what it was when I grew up. Yeah. Uh, you had a drastically different era than any of us uh, grew up right there, Dale. No question. You are correct. So, are hey, Dale, correct. you have a great weekend. Thank you. Thanks, man. All right. Quick break, and we'll come back. Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers, is busy. Last night? tomorrow in Bloomington and then uh, against UConn with the Hoopers coming up on Sunday at 1. Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers, next. The Ride with JMV. Get him a body bag! Yeah! (laughs) 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Wherever you're going, make sure you got us with you. 
semi-state action throughout the state of Indiana tonight. Uh, big one on the west side in 6A, Center Grove and Ben Davis. Uh, 5A, Bloomington South and Decatur Central off of State Road 67. Uh, Chittard tonight in 3A. You got New Pal heading down I-74 to uh, St. Leon. Taking on two-time defending champion East Central. Uh, I mentioned Sheridan and Lutheran tonight in Class A. Uh, Westfield, Crown Point, up in the region this evening at 7.30. Bob Lovell's got you covered, no doubt about that, coming up later on tonight on Indiana Sports Talk. On the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline, if that sounds busy, let me give you our next guest schedule in the upcoming next two days. Voice of the Hoosiers, Don Fisher, is with us right now. So you started last night, you have tomorrow at noon, and then again on Sunday. So two hoop and one football this weekend. Well, and on Monday, too. Now, Monday, too. Yes, I'm sorry. I should have added that. I, I went ahead and put Thursday conveniently into this weekend, too, by the way. So, <laughs> Well, you know, you got to do what you got to do, baby. <laughs> hey, before we get started, um, I had an extended conversation with one Buck Soar on Sunday over at Franklin Community High School in their gymnasium. Yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah so Eric was coaching up, um, I think, his daughter in Bloomington South, and they were playing my daughter and uh, Center Grove. So that's uh, so Eric was coaching and Buck was there and uh, Fife was there because Fife's daughter was on that Bloomington South team. It was the whole hee haw gang. And you guys won. Yeah, we won. Yeah, it wasn't anything to write home about. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I saw Eric and I talked to Eric and I I haven't seen Buck, but I talked to Buck last, well about a week and a half ago because he had a sh- he had shoulder surgery, you know. Yeah, I didn't. He did not tell me that. He did say it was still going to take a bottle of Russian vodka to get him on here. Yeah, well. He- Trust me, even that might not get it done. <laughs> yeah, you can't trust him. I'm telling you. <laughs> I know. You know what, though? I uh, he, he came up and talked. We talked for a long time, too. We were talking about, you know, because we had – there. it's interesting just to have, you know, on the Bloomington South side, you know, so many people that you knew. I, I sit on the end of the bench. I'm like an assistant coach, but I'm like the hype man. I like I do a lot of the – you know, like that. Yeah. I yell, get in the stance. I yell, hard cuts. I yell, all this stuff. But I really don't do too much coaching. So. <laughs> well, everybody's got to have a cheerleader, man. I think also my daughter would tell you I, I also occasionally yell, damn it, Laney. So. <laughs> well, that's better than some of the things I yelled at my kids. Trust me. <laughs> but nah, man, it was it was cool to talk with them. We talked for a little bit there between games, and uh, we'd never had a conversation before. But it was really cool. I'm glad he came up and talked. Yeah, he's a good man. Yeah, no he doubt really about is. that. Um, what did you think about last night? 89-80, giving up 80 to Wright State without their leading score. Is the defense more of a uh-oh situation or the three-point shooting search still more? What is it? Well, I think it's a combination of the two, uh, primarily because uh, literally this offense uh, finally got going and put some points on the scoreboard, but the defense didn't perform anywhere close to expectations, and uh, the, the defense against the three has just been non-existent up to this point, and I say that, you know, with a – tongue-in-cheek, so to speak, but it just hasn't been very good. Um, honestly, right now, and, and they haven't shot the three uh, worth a nickel at this point either. So 
but to still to get the 89 points, that's that's pretty good. It's just a problem right now with defense, and and they're still not a cohesive unit, if you know what I mean, especially at the defensive end where communication is such a critical thing. And Mike talked about that before the ball game at our pregame show uh, Thursday evening, and I can't conceive that he was very pleased with what he saw out there from the communication standpoint on the defensive end of the floor because it just didn't happen for him again. Yeah, and they they looked, I thought, often last night defensively as discombobulated as we've seen them look so far. Just lack of communication. You know, two dudes in one spot, no dudes in another. I mean, really, stuff that that seems to me, Don, that is very fixable. But um, it it doesn't seem like – it seems like they're far away from that fix right now, I guess. Yeah, I mean, uh, we haven't seen any evidence that uh, that, that this thing is is picking up steam in regard to to the communication aspect of it. And honestly, uh, the, the amount of points they're scoring are most they're getting most of it inside. That's a big thing. That's a good thing. Uh, Khalil Ware has looked really good in all of his appearances thus far. And Baco finally got going a little bit last night, but he still hasn't uh, uncorked his three-point shot on a consistent basis. We think that's going to happen. Um, but again, from a defensive perspective, you cannot give up three-point shots like they're giving up. And part of it's they're overhelping. That's why they're not in the right spots. They're overhelping sometimes. Uh, and Eric has talked about that a lot here in the last two ball games. And they've got to start. They've got to be able to take care of their own business and not try to help somebody else unless it's called for. You know what I'm. You know what I mean by that. So, sure. uh, honestly, at this juncture, it's still very much a work in progress. And I, I don't think that progress is going to go as quickly, maybe as we hope. But at the same time, um, it's going to be made. Uh, Mike is going to make sure of that, and and we'll just see how long it does actually take. Has Malik Renu been in his second year there as consistent early on here as you thought he would be? I really believe that he would, and and I just think he's playing with a lot more confidence this year than he did a year ago. Uh, I think when he makes a mistake out there, he knows it. I think he's become more of a coachable kid. I think that was the knock on him last year that sometimes he didn't react very well to tough coaching at at times. Um, But I, I think he's established himself now to the point where he can take uh, the heat, so to speak, when he's not doing something the way they want him to do it. He's been told before. And, uh, and now it's not, it's, it's, I think he understands that. And I think, I just think he's grown up a lot. I think he's matured a lot over a year. I um is what I thought last year to this year. I thought last year, and maybe it's because you're new and you're a freshman or whatever. I thought there was a lot of times he was standing and watching trace work. And then you don't get that this year. I think both he and Ware look very compatible on the interior together this early on. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. And they're both scoring at a high level at this point. Uh, They're not taking a bunch of crazy shots to do it. They're just doing the right things out there from an offensive perspective. Uh, Xavier Johnson going down last night could be a little bit troublesome. I think that's that's always a problem. (laughs) A guy like him, and I thought where they missed him most last year was the defensive end of the floor because he can disrupt things big time uh, for other teams from a defensive perspective. And uh, if he's missing for this game against Connecticut, uh, it's going to be a tough scenario, I think. But at the same time, it gives Gabe Cups another opportunity, which this kid, every time he's been called upon, steps up. He just hasn't, sh- he hasn't shot a lot of shots at this point. 
but he's run the offense, I think, very effectively, and he and X together have worked very well together, too. So the combination of those two guys being out there at the same time, I think, is an experiment that, that Mike Woodson's very happy with. Any word on Xavier? I have not heard a thing, and obviously they won't tell us anything yeah. until we get to the ballpark on on Sunday, probably, or I'll, I'll, at least that's what I'll. I may learn it Saturday night when I get to, to the Westin in New York City. <laughs> now you got to go on your own. I'm assuming, right? You're not going, right? You got to go on your own. No, we're going. We actually, uh, we're you know, Eric's going with the team, and they left this afternoon or late this afternoon, or maybe leaving right now. He is with the ball club, but uh, Jake and I will be headed out there, and, and John, of course. Uh, We'll be headed out there on a private plane tomorrow uh, with one of our doors. Well, hold on a minute. Hold the phone here. <laughs> what is this? What is this private jet stuff right here? You're getting to more really, of the G6, huh? It, it's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> Would that be uh, somebody cool. synonymous with a private jet in and around the Monroe County area? Um, I can't explain to you exactly what you're asking for. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm asking for. <laughs> I do. I know exactly what you're asking for. Therefore, you're not getting an answer. Oh, crap. Darn it. <laughs> I'll, I'll find out if the guy doesn't care. But See, I mean, let's, point, just, I don't know. let's just say, for example, if, if that were anybody else, there's no way that's happening. All right, they're getting on. They're coming back up to Indy, getting on the flight and flying through Philadelphia and getting. I mean, no, that's that's you. That is what you bring to the table right here. Like, and, and I, I I respect Jake for riding your coattails on this one. <laughs> All I can tell you is it's a nice connection to have. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes it is. Yeah, we're flying out right after the ball game from Bloomington, so. Yeah, it'll be at least we'll at least we'll get there on Saturday evening and have time to go get lunch. Yeah, get those wheels up over the treetops too while you're at out there. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> make sure, make sure you get those things up. No, that um, that'll be good. I'm curious from what you've seen so far with this IU basketball team uh, at three and zero and playing off of last night. What's your mind of expectations with a team like UConn, the defending national champion that still was loaded last year and comes back, even with some injuries loaded again this year with Danny Hurley? Yeah, I mean, I, this is a really good basketball team. There's no question, but they haven't played anybody either. Uh, they're they're 3-0 and at this point without having played anybody, but they've looked a lot better doing it than Indiana has at this juncture. But my, my hope is is what we see is progress. My hope is that they, they get some of these problems that they're dealing with solved, that they don't give up a bunch of three-point shots because I think this team is capable of knocking down a bunch of those as well. Uh, it's going to be a test for Khalil Ware because he's going to go up against a 7-2 guy when he supposedly is just 7-foot. According to, according to Mike Woodson, sometimes he's 7-3, but he's counting his hair on top of that. So at any rate, <laughs> yes. um, uh, but it will be an interesting game because Ware is going to go up against a, phys- a physical specimen here. This guy's weighing about 285, I think, something like that. Klingon is his name, and he played some last year, and I was impressed with him. Um, so Khalil's going to have a real test in this ball game, and I'm interested to see how that plays out as well. How many games have you done in your history at Madison Square Garden? Oh gosh, I haven't. I have to go back and start counting those, but a bunch. I yeah. mean, we played. I think the first time I was in the Garden was um, back in the day when we played uh, St. John's. 
uh, at the garden back in that uh, was it a holiday festival or something back in those days and back in the seventies. Um, yeah, I think that was the first time I was in the, at the garden and we sat up in the, in the hockey press box for that game. It was so high up. It was almost ridiculous. I need almost needed binoculars to see the game. Right. Right. <laughs> but we played there. We played there over the years, probably at least 10 times, maybe 10, 12 times. Um, it, it, this is an interesting dynamic, too. And it, with, with New York, because, you know, Mike has been there before. And, and this is what I have noticed, because you will occasionally get from from those, you know, those in the limelight, those stars that follow the Knicks, you will get if IU does something well or Mike Woodson is mentioned, you get people saying how much they still enjoy the time when he was coach in New York. That's that's one thing that doesn't always happen. It seems like that he is still pretty well embraced inside Madison Square Garden and, and with New York from his time there. Yeah, I think that's true. I, I do. I, I agree with you. And I think Mike still loves to go back there. And he really enjoys the, the, the chance to see old buddies and people that he knows and that kind of thing. Um, and I, I think he does have a great reputation in New York. I think what he did there as a coach was pretty good. It just wasn't good enough. You know what I'm saying? I yeah. mean, at the NBA level, it's it's got to be something special or you're gone uh, after a certain amount of time. And uh, But I do. I think he spent their time as an assistant coach as well. So Mike's been, been in New York several different times and obviously – uh, is beloved by a lot of those folks. It's uh, UConn, Indiana, Texas, and Louisville, the uh, semifinals of this. And again, on Monday, you get a championship game, and then uh, you get the uh, always yeah, wonderful yeah. consolation game, the third-place game. Ugh, yeah. Remember they used to do that in the Final Four? <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. I remember it. <laughs> Aren't you glad you never had to be a part of it? <laughs> uh, yes, I am. I'm quite glad. Yeah, the consolation games, especially in an NCAA championship, yeah, yeah that, that means nothing. It absolutely means I was nothing. I trying to think. The consolation game in, in 81, it was LSU and Virginia? No? Uh, I think that's right. Yeah, I LSU and Virginia, consolation right. game of, yeah. of 81. Because I'm trying to think back uh, when we played in 76, I think the consolation game was Rutgers and UCLA. It was. Yes, it was. Man, I, I watched that, obviously, with the Bob Knight passing. I watched again the 76 national title game. And what I often forget is how rough of a first half you had against that oh, Michigan yeah. team. Yeah. I mean, Bobby Wilkerson went down, I think, about 10-minute yep. mark or something like that. Um, and with the concussion, or at least that we didn't know at the time what he had, but they took him to the hospital, and I think they had a brace around his neck and all that kind of stuff, and we were all scared that, that he'd really suffered a serious, serious injury. Uh, but he had a, a concussion, I guess, is what it turned out to be, and, and so he was lost for the rest of that ball game. And, you know, at halftime, it was up in the air. I mean, Indiana was trailing at that point, uh, and Michigan was playing really well, but they came out in the second half, and it was like a buzzsaw. <laughs> yeah, it was, it, and it was it was a buzzsaw of, and this was typical for that time, and so many of those teams, a buzzsaw of execution is what it was. Yeah. I mean, because yeah. you had you had Britt and you had you know Green and Hubbard for Michigan, and he had so much athleticism right there, and you had with IU too, but you had just incredible execution. That may have been one of the most executed to the, the highest degree. 
halves of basketball that was ever played by IU right there. Well, I can't, I can't argue it. I mean, I mean, I wouldn't argue that at all because that second half was a, it was literally, uh, if you were, if you were watching basketball and you wanted to take a, you wanted to take a half of basketball and show kids exactly what execution looked like. That was it. You take that, that would be it in a heartbeat. It was a clinic. Yes, it was a clinic, exactly. Michigan State, Indiana, you're prepping for that right now. And you know what? It was so profoundly disappointing last Saturday. It was right there. And defensively, you were just looking for, hoping for a stop, and it just never came in a very winnable game in Champaign. Well, the, the the saddest part was you gave up your best offensive performance of the year. It turns out to be, you know, it turns out to be the best offensive performance they had this season from a yardage standpoint. And the performance by Brendan Soresby was really good. Another step up the ladder for him. And so your offense did what it had to do in this ball game, or most of what it had to do in this contest, but it didn't do any good for the defense to even be out there because they look at most of the time like they weren't. I mean, there were five plays given up for 300 yards in that game by the by the IU defense. Mm. That is just unbelievable. Yeah. Um, and Tom Allen told me that on Wednesday night at the talk show, and I, I had to realize that. But he said we had five plays that gave up 300 yards. I said, <laughs> I said, uh, have you still? Have you? Is your handkerchief wet? Mm. With the tears that are flowing because, man, I mean, that's just unheard of. But. You know what? Uh, the defense held them in the Penn State ball game. They helped win that ball game. Certainly did the job in the second half in Wisconsin, giving up only 36 yards in that half. Uh, I got to give them credit. Most of this year, and I shouldn't say most of it, but a good half of this year, they have played pretty well much of the time. They've given up some big plays in other games, too. The Louisville game in the first half, then shut them out in the second half. I mean, they play, they've had some really good defensive performances, and I thought the last two weeks would have said this defense is going to hold us in this contest and it's going to have to be up to the offense to win it. But in this particular case, it was the offense that got the job done and the defense just did not. It's a, no doubt. See if you can get that right against Michigan State. A very winnable game tomorrow, too. I did want to ask you this. You mentioned Soresby, who's obviously solidified under center for that team. I think we're working on something really, really good here with Donovan McCulley. You agree? No doubt. I mean, he's gotten better. He just—it's—it's kind of like uh, it's a microcosm of what Soresby done. He got Donovan got better last year as the season went on, but you didn't notice him as much because they couldn't get the ball to him. Uh, it, 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 we had several quarterbacks that struggled. Uh, if, if you remember, I do. <laughs> Cotter Bayslack, obviously yes. being the first and who played the most, but uh, but there were just some real issues with the quarterbacking last year too. Uh, then Dexter Williams comes on and, and did more with his legs than he did with his arm. Uh, and it was disruptive for those teams that we played late in the season, obviously Michigan State being one of them with Indiana's comeback in that contest. And then uh, the Purdue ball game up until Tre- uh, Dexter went out with that injury to his knee. And obviously from that point on, uh, Purdue took over the ball game. But up to that point, I think Indiana had Purdue beat. Unfortunately, it didn't come to fruition because of the injury with Williams. So or at least we didn't get a chance to see what could happen. At any rate, long story short, uh, right now I think Donovan McCulley has established himself as a go-to guy with this ball club. And it, it's really nice to see because he's a great kid, a great young man, 
uh, obviously a Lawrence North product and has taken over, you know, was the quarterback his freshman year, uh, you know, just got bludgeoned out there because the offensive line couldn't block. And uh, then he decided to go to the receiving side of things uh, his sophomore year. And he's just gotten better and better as each season's gone on. And obviously, the last several ball games, he has just been spectacular. You know, and the thing that we know, he's athletic. We know that he is talented. And then I think when you get those that actually know and can tell the difference, when those that look at him and have studied that start talking about his his route running and that precision, that's where you know that he is different than others we're talking about. Oh, yeah. And and the thing that I like best about him, he is one of those receivers that will he, – he's a contest guy. In other words, when the ball's thrown, he is always going to be in the hunt to grab it, and whether the defensive guy is in perfect position or not because of his size at 6'5". He, he has a little bit of advantage over some of those guys. And then when he catches the football – you're not going to catch him if he, unless if he's got a three or four yard head start. I don't think you can catch him because he's got speed on top of that. Well, it's the voice of the Hoosiers, Don Fisher, coming up tomorrow. That's tomorrow morning, 11 a.m. for the pregame show. Noon that kick on 93 WIBC, and then he's off to the Monroe County Airport for a little private jet with bottle service, all the way <laughs> nonstop to New York City. A little bottle service on your G6 right there. So that's nice. Um, and then let me get this straight. One o'clock with a noon pregame on Sunday, mm-hmm. ninety-three yeah. WIBC, and then it, 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 for whatever it's worth here, it, it, say no third-place game stuff. All right, no three-thirty pregame in the afternoon on Monday, four-thirty tip. All right. Well, I have nothing to do with whether that's going to happen or not. <laughs> All I can do is take care of business it, no matter what time it is. I know. And if we do have a 3.30 pregame, it means a 4.30 tip. And if we don't, if we do have a 7 o'clock kickoff, it's going to be a 6 o'clock pregame show. So, are you flying back on the private jet? No. Oh. No. No. We're, we're actually flying back with the team. we got to give you round-trip service on that, though. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it works out nicely because I probably wouldn't be on that plane if we were going to have to come back on that plane as well. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. I had to go down there. I had to go down there tomorrow after you uh, when you're getting ready to take off and like get out in the woods there and like wave some flares at you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll think they're we'll think they're missiles coming at us. Yeah. Plane. Hey, speaking of the woods, I talked about this yesterday. Some numb nuts was like burning stuff uh, on my mom's property and set my mom's property on fire. So yesterday, yes, they had seriously they had nine fire engines down there. We had uh, oh Taylor goodness. Township, we had Center Township, and then it was close to Crane in the base. So they they sent the entire fleet out there, right? Like it's emergency. <laughs> So, <laughs> well, that that's amazing in itself. Oh, uh, and not, I, no, nobody got hurt. Right? Nobody, that's nobody easy. got hurt except my voicemail because it's got nothing but like thirty seconds of nonstop f bombs from my mom on it right there. <laughs> it was like I did it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my heavens! It is. I wish I could play that on the air. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was something. But everything is okay. We got some charred, charred land right now. But uh, everything is okay. 
Just a little Tourette's problem, huh? I'll tell you, man. Some. And then guy was burning. You know, you get a, band, a burn band day and the wind and all that and up in the woods with all that dryness and some numb nuts is like burning leaves way up there. So I don't know what's going on. So he may have to have his ass whipped. <laughs> Do you hire that out? Um, I, I think I have plenty of help around there that would help me. So I think we're I good. Got you. Yes. I got you. Yeah. Do I hire that out? I probably I would. I'm not above it, is what if you're asking. No. Not above it. <laughs> All right, buddy. Safe travels. We'll be listening tomorrow, then on Sunday and on Monday again, Don. I appreciate you. Thanks, John. See you, buddy. Voice of the Hoosiers, Don Fisher on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Nine tankers out there. And I know that because it's the Crane Base and it's near the Crane Base that they they sent everybody. Got pictures. Incredible. Quick break. We'll come back. 93.5107.5 The Fan. The Ride with JMV. Wait just a minute. Did anybody Knock anymore. 935 and 107.5. The fan. Hey, welcome back. Uh, that's Emerson, Lake, and Powell and Touch and Go. A lot of 80s coming up tomorrow night. Tomorrow night on B105.7 is the final JMV takeover. I guess I'll call it of the 2023 season, even though when I return, it's still going to be 2023. I return after this Saturday, after tomorrow, and a Christmas music hiatus. I think they flipped the switch on B to become the Christmas station at 8 a.m. on Monday morning. Thus, when they do that, Again, with all due respect, I get the hell out of Dodge because I'm not taking six hours every Saturday night of all request Christmas songs. But I will return on New Year's Eve. It is going to be a little bit odd because New Year's Eve this year is going to be on a Sunday night. But Sunday night, the 31st, is when we will be back. I want to say for the fourth year, and I know we did a lot of them. When I first started, I did them on Saturday mornings from like 8 until noon. And then we switched to Saturday nights from 6 until 10. And then we went, I think, during the pandemic, officially from 6 until midnight. And it's been that way. I want to say going. this may be going into the 6 to midnight stage. This may be the going into the fourth year of that. And all it has done is it has grown incredibly each and every year that goes by. And what's great about it is we we maintain with those that are always a part of it and then grow with others. And what has been striking to me for the JMV takeover, how many people call in out of state now, whether it's Texas, you know, Matthew in Maine, Andrea in Vermont, Josh in South Dakota. Jim McCann in Southern California. You got another Southern California caller. Got some from Florida, Kentucky, Illinois, up around Chicago. That growth has been really cool to watch. So, final one, right before the Christmas music hiatus, the JMV takeover. That is coming up tomorrow night, 6 until midnight on B105.7. And as usual, I promise you it will be a blast.
Uh, Daniel Tice has officially cleared waivers. This according to Tony East, friend of the show. His cap hit rest of the season for the Pacers, about $7 million. The Pacers' max cap space, now $9.65 million. Again, that is according to uh, Tony East. And Daniel Tice, in all likelihood, ends up with the uh, L.A. Clippers. So we shall see. Uh, that is the news on Daniel Tice. Uh, this is from Nick, hey, JMV. I'm a mechanic and a huge Pacers fan. Look what I did with my toolbox. <laughs> I'm sorry I had to giggle with that a little bit. Um, that is outstanding work on your toolbox right there. I love it. I need a really good, strong, efficient toolbox myself. Well done, Nick. It's Nick Bowling, everybody. Yeah, that's fantastic. This is from Jeff. JMV, the McRib is one of the most overrated things on the planet. Yuck. I've had one. It was released on this date in 1981. I have had one. I've never purchased this. I think I got the one free. I think they just brought a bunch, and I don't even know if that was here. That may have been someplace else, to the station, and I had one. And I don't know. I'm not a hater of the McRib. I've just never... And McDonald's is just, you know, back when they did Styrofoam and it was more legit, I would much, I'll say this, I would much rather have, um, what was it, the McDLT, when you had the cold on the cold side and the warm burger and the cheese on the other side. That the McDLT? I've never even heard of it. I would have had the McDLT 50 times over before McRib. I was just kind of built that way. But the McRib, one here, James has never had one. I will say this, I may have to bring one in just for James to try it. James has never had one. Of course, that's also James who didn't know the Beastie Boys saying Paul Revere the other day. Not a lot to be said about that. Skivvies writes this, Malice in the Palace, I was working late, taped the game, no one at work told me, so I go home, I watch it, about to fall asleep like 4 a.m., and bam, there it goes. Yep, I was at the uh, Fall Indiana Golf Show. I'm assuming our last guest, Don Fisher, was there too. Loves golf. And then I go home and watch the game because, yeah, you were anticipating that matchup. And it was all Pacers. We're talking about Malice in the Palace going back 19 years. It was all Pacers, and then the end, everything, you just saw everything get flushed right down the toilet. Uh, it was incredible. Uh, this is from Matt JMV. Post break Colts five and two seems doable to me, but four and three is expected here. Not sure that that gets the playoffs, but keeps them interested. And see that Matt is, I think, equating to what I think about this team too. I think it's really tough. They they are so weak to week, and that's what the, they're weak to week good right now. And their schedule is week-to-week good to be competitive. But you just kind of look back on, you know, the falter against the Browns, and even if the officiating played a role, the falter there, you look back to the Rams game. But here's what I want to – I'm very curious about this. If it's worse than 4-3, and for example – 
I mean, right now, are you thinking, especially with, with Joe Burrow lost for the season in Cincinnati, and that's coming up on the schedule the 10th of December, and that game now being more doable than ever. And then you look at what is like directly in front of you, whether you're talking about like inside the postseason, if it were to start today, the Texans, the Browns, the Browns without Deshaun Watson rest of the way. Maybe they fall. See, you're going to look back at that game. That's going to make you sick. But when I asked Mike Wells a little bit earlier of ESPN Radio is, do you at all allow yourself to place some expectations on this group? Because I do think that you should you should have a level of expectation with it. I just don't know if that comes without mistakes. I don't know right now sitting here if I can tell you that they're going to be able to squeeze out enough from a passing game to fall in line with those expectations. And, and I wish I had more to give you than just – being competitive and having those competitive expectations. When you look back at the last two wins, and they're both wins, and nobody's going to cry about it, one of the glaring weaknesses we have seen is being able to do anything through the air. And believe me, as I said earlier, other teams and their fans are thinking the same thing about the Colts as you, the Colts fans, are thinking about who remains on the schedule. And it will and it should keep you interested. That's from Steve JMV. Ever try this piece of NBA history, the McJordan special? That's pretty awesome right there. $1.89. See, I would have done that in a second. Quarter pound, beef patty, cheese, smoked bacon, barbecue sauce, onions, mustard, and pickles. The McJordan special. Uh, from Carlos, JMV, I'm at the Kroger at 65th and Keystone right now. The last win, Schuler's, and it happened to be Pepper Jack. That is well done. The spreadability with Carlos right there. Way to go in there and get that final one. It's exactly what we need. Uh, JMV, you were talking to Don about IU. Do you believe this team is going to be capable of of shooting the three consistently. I know everybody, including Don and myself, talked about that earlier. Uh, you're asking the question if, Jeff, you believe that they're going to be able to shoot it. I I maintain right now until I see it and believe it that they just don't have the guys that are going to be capable of doing it consistently enough to do it. I, I, don't, I don't see it with that group. And that, there are two things, two things in the first three you come away with. One is you wonder offensively what they're going to do because you expect a lack of a three. And even though it was much better last night offensively with putting up 89 points, when you gave up 80 defensively and a lot of times looked like a confused mess, that's problematic against the right State team without his leading score. How much more to expedite that problem considering who you're going to face in UConn coming up on Sunday. I will say this. As a measuring stick, I'm cool with it. But you wonder just how competitive this IU team that we see right now is going to be against the defending national champions. And that's that's what I would wonder for Sunday. 
And then on the other side of that on Monday, you'd end up getting, you know, the winner, if you win, of Texas and Louisville. And uh, Louisville, for the second consecutive year, is an absolute disaster. Again, 1 o'clock, that's coming up on Sunday with the pregame show with Don at noon. JMV, if Tyrese Halliburton doesn't get filet oh Halliburton, then I need to talk to his marketing team. <laughs> hey, by the way, Pacers back on the floor here at Gamebridge Fieldhouse. That's coming up on Sunday against the Orlando Magic. All right, quick break. We'll come back. More of me, more of you on the other side. We got Colts happy hour, top of the hour. I'm going to go check out Fulton a little bit later on up in Tipton at Tipton High School inside their auditorium with his performance in Elf. I'm coming at you, Tipton, in just a little bit. Quick break. We'll come back. Don't go anywhere. 93.5 and 107.5. The fan. The Ride with JMV. Give me my theme music. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Welcome back. Thank you for joining us on this Friday afternoon, of course. Kind of weird to be in studio, as I mentioned a little bit earlier today. The simple fact, normally on Fridays we are out, but the Colts are in a bye week. So we have done this while being in studio, which has kind of got an off-season, out-of-season kind of feel to it. Uh, But we've had a good time today. There is no doubt about that. Again, I want to thank everybody yesterday that came out. Our first show at Taylor's Bar and Table in Ingalls, Indiana yesterday was an absolute smash. I I saw so many of you out there. And, uh, I mean, it was a hell of a time. really was, too. Did our Larsity Bourbon Locks, Luna Azul Tequila Shots, week number 11 with Brent Holverson. Honestly, if I look back to last night, I think in week 11, this may be the first and at the most the second time. I've nailed down the Thursday. The Thursday thing has been awful for me every single Thursday night. And then obviously last night I went with the uh, Ravens and the Ravens cashed in. And Joe Burrow's wrist situation, something we'll be watching. Uh, If you follow the Colts, if you're a Colts fan moving forward too, it is funny because this Colts team is not good enough to presume anything. It's not. But it is good enough with the remainder of this schedule and being even on the season coming back from the bye week. It is good enough, you would think, to be competitive in the final month plus of the season. And then see where you are when those games are even magnified down the tail end. So that's the good part about it. Now, again, you know, other teams probably look at the Colts on their schedule just like I'm talking up. You know, the Colts and their remaining schedule. You know, honestly, you look at Cincinnati, we'll see if Joe Burrow is still a part of that once um, the Colts end up getting there, too. But it's not a who's who of great quarterbacks and a who's who of great teams remaining on the Colts' schedule. And full disclosure, that's all I've really ever talked about. I wanted to see them have an opportunity to at least try to chase something here and keep it interesting because so much has gone against them, whether it's their own doing in losing games they should have won, making mistakes when you wish they would have executed better, or if it would have just been injury situations, too. And there's always going to be that cloud of bummer, considering there's no Anthony Richardson involved in all of this. I mean, five and five, and, you know, hopefully the growth. But as I've always said, 
if you're here and you can, and I don't care if it's a rebuild, I don't care if you got your fingers crossed because you're working with a backup quarterback and everything in the world has gone against you in a given season. If you're here and you have the opportunity to win, I'm not one that wants to look forward to April and really gives a crap about the whole order in which the Colts are going to select and how winning games could sidetrack that. I don't care because we're in here and I, like you, want to see this team compete to its highest level and give itself an opportunity to win games. That's what I've looked at the entire time, and this schedule has the opportunity to play that out. There's no doubt that you look forward to Gardner Minshew not going to be the starting quarterback one of these days, but he is right now. Hopefully he comes back. The happy feet are gone. Hopefully he comes back and he feels a little bit more comfortable, and maybe now they can have a semblance of a passing game, and then we'll see what happens with this offense. With Jonathan Taylor, you know, Zach Moss, and the rest, we'll see what happens if they can put that together. But a weekend where you can just sit back, relax, and watch what is going on around you and not have a care in the world unless you're a hooper. Well, a hooper on Sunday where you get IU-UConn, where you get the Pacers in Orlando, or obviously if you're watching IU and Purdue or whatever college football team coming up tomorrow but it is a chill factor for you this weekend with the Colts in a bye week I got to thank everybody great week for us and again uh, our, our good friends at Heaven Hill Distillery Brent Holverson the betting analyst and yesterday Bob Winshuler's the spreadability was absolutely fantastic it was a great day to be up in Ingalls Indiana at Taylor's Bar and Table uh, coming up tomorrow night is the final the final JMV takeover before Christmas hiatus. So hopefully I hear from all of you tomorrow night, six until midnight over on B105.7. It is going to be, it always is a spectacular year ending show. And then after that, we'll be back on New Year's Eve, which by the way, falls this year, as you well know, falls on a Sunday evening. James, great job from you over the course of this week as well. We'll have loaded shows for you. Remember, if you missed any of it, the podcast 1075thefan.com, including Including Matt Painter of the Boilermakers. Boilermakers in Gonzaga, 5 o'clock on Monday. That will start during our show when we're back right here coming up on Monday. Thank all of our guests today. And, of course, we're going to get you set. A little more Colts conversation in the bye week. It is Colts happy hour. That is coming up next. By the way, Fulton. Coming to see you here shortly, too, up in Tipton. The Tipton High School Auditorium, the performance of Elf. Fulton has invited me, and I will be there coming up in just a bit. First things first, though, Colts Happy Hour. That's on the other side. Don't go anywhere. 93.5107.5 The Fan.